This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to MQ on Podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Good to be back once again this week, especially after coming off a win at home against a, a pretty informed Bolton team, well, one of the form teams in Europe, if you look at the stats in terms of the previous week. So yeah, it's going to be, I imagine, a very positive episode this week. Before we get stuck in, I'll introduce the rest of the gents on the call. Ross, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing really well. Thanks, mate. Good to hear. Good to hear. Joe, how about yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Um, finding ways to film on midweeks. Now we haven't got a go. Well, actually, we have one next week, of course. But um, yeah. yeah, not many midweeks coming up for the rest of the season. So uh, nice in a way to have a bit of free time. Yeah, OK. Of course, the last midweek kind of on Tuesday night against Cheltenham, which is uh, one of the two games we'll look ahead to later on in the episode. But yeah, it's uh, good to have a bit of uh, a bit of structure, I suppose, and not having midweeks load of place. As you said, Joe, it's, uh, yeah, it's nice to have that look forward to the weekend basically and that's one thing we'll do later on the episode look, look forward to Rotherham away of course we've got a, a guest from the New York talk coming on to chat about Rotherham and their you know, fantastic season so far basically so yeah we look forward to those two games coming up this week uh, but we'll start with the performance against Bolton at Stadium and K you know a 2-0 win that I thought I wasn't at the game personally but I watched it back on Tuesday afternoon and I was very very impressed I thought it was a you know, again it's a, it's a performance where for me you know, I think things one of our better performances recently, but we played well and we got the goals. And the, the first goal coming from, I think, my, my wife's just been very clinical and you know, controlling it with his arm, apparently, which is definitely not his arm. And second away in the 14th minute, you know, we, we're calling big game mode and a little sort of little hint of what, what the episode is going to be like. And I'm sure we'll chat about it a bit more, but, you know, he's scored against Sunderland, scored against Bolton. He, he scores in the big games and, that, and that's why he gets to start over so the strikers in the squad. This has that knack about him, and I think that's why you know I think I've really grown to love him this season in terms of that way he plays. Was Bolton had their chances going into the end of the first half, and that, that brilliant save from coming, which actually only ended up being the only shot on target for Bolton throughout the whole game around the 40th minute, um, and that you know kept us in control of the game and maybe took a bit of life out of the Bolton side in general. 
and into the second half, um, you know, again, it was very much cat and mouse and Twani with his constant pressing forced a mistake from the young Trafford, uh, the young keeper Trafford and you know, Kane Kester with his pace, acceleration jumps on it, plays it back to Twiney and makes it 2-0 in the 75th minute. And yeah, that kind of kills off the game. I thought it was a very, very good performance against, you know, I think beforehand the team who were potentially looking up the table rather than down it. And now very much you know, considering the opposite, I feel, you know, if you watch various content creators of Bolton's, they were kind of saying that this for them was a very much must-win game in terms of their playoff aspirations. And they, the fact they lost it is, you know, a pretty a pretty big blow to them, which is, you know, pretty brilliant for us to hear. And, you know, it, it, anything it builds in our performances, and again, builds in a brilliant run for us to which we've not seen us lose in a long, long time, which is, is just great. So, gents, obviously you were both at the game on Saturday, unlike myself. So, I'll start with yourself, Ross. How did you how did you find the win? Yeah, I, f- I felt it was a really encouraging and important win for us. Um, and I think what pleased me the most was that we done it at home. I know, obviously, away from home, we're one of the best sides in the division. And at times this season, our home forms probably let us down. I, I'm just thinking of a few results, Jill's at and Donny, for example, where we dropped points. And um, we came across a free-scoring Bolton side. Um, and as you said, Liam, we reduced him to one shot on target. And it from the get-go, I felt we found our rhythm early and um, we made it the game we, we wanted. And uh, that was obviously dictating the possession um, and on the front foot. And that's what obviously what we've probably lacked against these uh bottom half teams I know obviously Bolton aren't in that situation but it's always nice to start their game well and um, yeah you talk about Mo's uh, goal but that doesn't get made unless Harry Darling um, goes on one of his adventurous runs like he usually does and he forces key forces the keeper into making a save yes um, you could argue that he didn't parry it well but Mo was on, on the rebound um, chasing it up and uh, put it in the back of the net and it's exactly the start we, we wanted. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned about obviously Santos's chance at the corner coming again, saving us, um, which I didn't think was a, was a save at the start, but until I looked at the highlights. And yeah, it's a very good stop. Um, and I think what pleased me the most was the fact that um, obviously against his Bolton side, we knew that they were going to come. And um, yes, they had... Pre- they had a sustained um, amount of pressure in that second half, but they didn't really create a lot. And um, I think we stuck to our own game. And um, even in like the 70th minute, as you said, Liam, um, with Kesla Hayden, um, with that press, and um, that's a high or a key part of our game at the moment is the press. And um, like later on in the game, we force him into errors. And that's what sets up Twine for his goal. We, you knew Twine especially inside the box, was going to put that away. And, um, yeah, that's what pleased me the most uh, was obviously getting the three points. But I think one thing in my eyes which was key in this game was the energy. And um, it was in the middle of the park for me. Um, that's what won us the game in my eyes. I felt we stopped some key players in that Bolton side. And, um, yeah, I, I really believe that's what drove us to the victory. Yeah, I mean, look at the middle of the park, Morley Dempsey, two names, for example, didn't really have too much impact on the game for me. And, you know, well, and that was down to several people who, you know, got praise on the day and we'll get into that later on. Uh, but Joe, I'd, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the 2-0 win over Bolton. 
Yeah, I think it was as good as first half as we actually had in, in quite a while. Um, normally with uh, MK, we've had um, this season, if you had to criticise us, one of the things is maybe that we feel our way into games and then, you know, maybe take 20 minutes to get going. But this was one of the games where actually we were we were at it from the get-go. In the first half an hour, 40, 35 minutes, really, they had absolutely naffle and... Um, you know, really important, obviously, to get that goal whilst you are on top as well, uh, which we did. But before that, we did have quite a few good chances, and um, we were in their box, you know, all, all quite a lot, a lot of the time, even if it didn't end, end in a shot. So I was really pleasing to see, you know, us take the initiative and actually, as Ross said, take the game to Bolton and dictate it on our terms. Um, another thing for me, which I was just so impressed by, was the defence, and not necessarily just like the fact we kept a clean sheet, the fact that. You spoke about the uh, the Santos uh, header. That was the first shot of the game, and it was nearly half time. You know, we nearly we nearly restricted them to like one to, to no shots in in the first half, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Considering, I think I mentioned how they're they're averaging like three goals a game in their last five games or so. Um, and and in in the end in the game, they only actually had three shots inside the box, um, and one of them being the header from a set piece. So it just goes to show again that, you know, it's not even that we're, you know, coming, failing us out all the time. The fact is we're not, the defence and the team and the structure aren't actually letting the teams get into these areas to be able to create chances. So that's, for me, is a real positive. And, um, you know, I think second half, obviously they're going to come back into it. You know, they're 1-0 down. And as as you said, it was pretty much a must-win game for the, for us. But I think, you know, to end the game, we had more shots with them than them and then you know we picked off our chance when we had it and uh, it could have been even worse if, if Troy managed to finish um, finish his really good chance uh, towards the end which I'm, I'm gutted for him by the way but um, I'm, I know we are going to speak about him more in a bit but I thought yeah just all round it was very workmanlike performance but in the end it was a couple of moments of real quality from us that, that got us the result. Yeah, most definitely. And you, you referred to Troy, and he he's my first port of call, basically, in terms of that performance. I think, you know, Ross, you, you referred to the energy on the pitch in general, you know, from the likes of, you know, some certain players on the field. And I think I think Troy, you know, from what I've seen, spearheaded that. And it, was, it wasn't just his constant pressing. And you can see from his heat map, his constant pressing throughout the whole game. But the fact that he's winning all his ground jewels, really putting a really battling performance. And essentially... Mate, if it is frustration and not scoring goals, then hey, I've, please continue. I mean, I've, of course, I wanted to score goals, but if he's going to give that effort you know, for 90 minutes or however long he was on the pitch for, that's what we need every single game from him. If he's not going to score a goal, he needs to bring that energy, pressure, be a bit, basically a nuisance. And his personality for me really suits that type of player. And I feel he's, he's a real compliment to Mo and Twiney, especially because they could. Especially Twiney, he could just free roam, does what he do what he likes, but he also presses also. But with Troy spearheading that, it it for me made the difference on the day and really forced Bolton into a bit like us, I suppose, not really settling into the game at times and you know, essentially making mistakes that led to our goals. And obviously, I know Joe, I know you gave Troy, you know, off recording your man of the match. And I feel he's a lot of people's player of the month, of course, the vote coming up. He he's had a fantastic four weeks or so, hasn't he? Yep, I, I voted for him for Player of the Month. Um, I have to say, closely behind is Connor Coventry and uh, Tanai Watson. I think they've both been excellent this month. Um, but yeah, for me, Troy, it was just an all-round... No, I'm not even going to say striker's performance because 
he's, he's obviously, you know, he's got that label striker, but, you know, you, you look at some, some players like, uh, for instance, Roberto Firmino. He, yeah, he's a striker, but he's got a job isn't to score goals. And his job is he adds so much more to the team than just pure goal scoring. And it doesn't even have to be in terms of assists as well, because you, he's the one that starts the press. I mentioned before about how, I think it was against Ipswich, he was shouting at Theo Corbinu to, you know, get up the pitch and press with him. You know, he, so he leads the press and, uh, you know, along with Mo, he was fouled seven times. His shirt wasn't even white when he came off the pitch. It was ridiculous. And that's not him, you know, going down easy because some of them were absolutely, you know, quite hefty challenges. That was him getting stuck in and saying, no, no, I'm going to be first to that ball and 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 really just taking the game to the, to the other team. You know, eight out of nine ground duels won, as you said. You know, he made a few tackles. And he was just, and his passing as well, he, he, he um, completed 31 out of 37 passes. So it wasn't as if he was wasteful when he got the ball and just being a headless chicken. He was, you know, he was really with purpose and, and he made a great run and it was so unlucky that he just he, that he just couldn't produce the finish towards the end. Um, but we've seen this a few times now, you know, I think back to Ipswich and Sunderland especially, I thought it was fantastic. Wickham, I know it's not, I think it was the end of January Wickham, but even even then, you know, we were saying how he, you know, he was just absolutely awesome. And it's just that work rate and it's essentially being a shit house really and just absolutely getting at the other team and and not making it easy for them. Because if you're if you're running down the other team and all of a sudden they're not able to play the ball out and get the midfielders on the ball, well they're gonna have to lump it long. And then that gives, you know, the likes of Darlin O'Hora and Louis the chance to win the ball back and then, you know, we start again. So, yeah, I'm really happy, not just with his performances, with his attitude. You know, you can see he's, he's not sulking as much. Where we, We've said before, you know, if he doesn't get that perfect through ball, sometimes we've seen it, a little sulk or a little strop. No, not that, not, not really seeing that anymore. And he seems, you know, genuinely delighted when we're scoring and genuinely delighted for other players. And, you know, good on him because he, there was a time of the, of the season where we thought he was going to be on his way back to Spurs because we did couldn't see a way back for him after his excellent start to his time at MK. But he he's turned it around. So well done to Wanted Manning for you know keeping him around, showing the faith in him. And you know, who knows what's gone on behind the scenes. But you know, whatever has happened, it's so good good that both of them have been able to work together and get back to this point where, you know, he's a key man now. I, I, there's not I, not really a scenario where I wouldn't put him in my start at eleven. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think it's, again, it's a, it's a point that we mentioned a few weeks ago that Manny's mentioned also. It's a communication with the younger lads, especially Troy, you know. You can, you can tell his personality that, as, as Joe's, you know, sometimes he gets a bit upset and starts, you know, gets a bit of a soul con, I think. But I think some of the best players in, you know, not in the world, but the, the country do at times. And it's just about communicating to him, understanding his, his wants and needs and making it work for the team, you know, essentially rather himself because sometimes that's what happens but listen I think he's been absolute credit this month and uh, I'll if if it's not Parrot then I, you know it could easily be Coventry player of the month but I think Parrot definitely deserves it but going back to Saturday and you mentioned all those stats Joe I think also I'm going to look back at the touches in terms of the list I think the three centre-backs were the three highest but Troy Parrot was four for us so you know, again, he was you know, his shirt was muddy and he was winning all these ground jewels, but he was actually heavily involved in our play as well, which is really good sign to see. 
Yeah, and I think what's the most pleasing thing is he's bringing others into play. I think Joe briefly touched upon it. He's he's allowing Twine to do his own thing, and um, he knows r- roughly where Mo will be. Um, I guess at the start of the season we we were seeing moments of brilliance, but now we're seeing it on a lot lot, lot more consistent basis. I feel. Um, I feel like he knows Mo's weak uh, strengths and weaknesses when it comes uh, to in terms of the ninety minutes, and um, he seems like he's flourishing um, under Manning. And um, I know obviously some fans um, saying saying about goals and this and that, but if a player gives one hundred hundred and ten percent effort on the pitch, I do genuinely do believe the goals will come. And um, with Parrot. Yes, he he could could have had had a goal on Saturday, but at the end of the day, I wasn't frustrated. But you've got to realise he's got in that position, and um, if he's getting him them positions more than often than not, he's going to put be putting them back in the back of the net at the end of the day. And um, yeah, I, I really do hope he keeps up the his form for these last what I think it's ten or eleven games, and um, he can push us along nicely. But yeah, it's it's good to see him back um, in a good place for a start. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think he's, I said, he's, he's been fantastic this month and uh, I'll make it continue, I'll make it continue. Obviously, a, a partnership which we've seen only two games of recently with Charlton and, of course, Bolton on Saturday was the wing-back partnership of Kane Kessler-Hayden, of course, got the assist for the Twinies goal on Saturday and, and tonight Watson slotting at left wing-back. And this is mostly due to, what well, it is due, really, is Daniel Harvey being suspended for two games, picking up his 10th booking of the season away at Sunderland, I believe. And both both guys have seen four goals going um, in their favour, zero conceded, two clean sheets as part of a, you know, technically a midfield, but they are part of the defence in many ways. It's obviously been a lot of debate, and we had a few questions regarding this um, with terms of Daniel Harvey coming back in. But we'll start with how well the Kane Kessler Hayden and tonight Watson have played Ross in general. I think as a partnership, they've just showed real unity, to be fair. And they've, I think Kessler Hayden's been the one who's been attacking the most, but tonight he's got the discipline and the understanding to keep the structures together and understand when it's right to go forward and right to stay back. I think we briefly saw that um, when we had Sorinola and Led. Um, I believe, obviously, they're, they're two opposite players. Um, obviously, Sorinola, I felt defensively was a lot more um, sound than Laird was and obviously vice versa. Um, but I feel with these two, um, Watson's, yes, um, he's he's a bit more mature than what Kesler Hayden is, only slightly. But I feel, I do believe that um, Kesler Hayden, especially in this system, just thrives completely. And um, when he's got players like Parrott, um, who, who are willing to track back for him, because at times he will he will get caught out against high level opposition. Um, it allows him to wander forward and um, do his work as magic. And I, I genuinely do believe um, Kesler Hayden that there's a reason why um, Aston Villa have kept him on the books um, and what what was in the academy. Um, you can see that he's got real talent. And um, yes, he got. I, I believe it's a goal and assist now. I might be wrong. We're past um, two games yeah. anyway. Yeah, goal and assist. Um, and yeah, long may it continue because of if we if we get goals from all over the pitch, teams don't know where 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 who and where to mark. Um, so it's nice to see that obviously um, he's getting a goal and assist. But then tonight he's basically saying, 
well, I want that position as well. And he's doing it on the opposite side. And fair play to Tanai. Um, you mentioned about player of the month. He is my player of the month. I, I, I voted for Tanai. I really do believe he's come on leaps and bounds in these past few couple of games. Um, obviously due to Harvey being out. And come this Saturday, I, I wouldn't like to be Manning. I really wouldn't because of we know what Harvey can produce and we know what the two, two others can produce. So he's got a real headache on his hands and uh, I'm glad I'm not the one making it. Yeah, I, I can second that thought for sure, Ross. It's going to be a very tough team sheet to, to pick up, I imagine. Uh, obviously, uh, Joe, obviously Ross said, so what's his player of the month? How have you found the partnership between him and Kane Kessler-Hayden at the wingbacks? Yeah, I know. Big fan. I, I, I mean, I'm pr- I pretty much said after the Fleetwood game, you know, I can't really judge him because that pitch was a bog, and we've actually now been able to see some of the things that he's been able to do. And um, you know, we saw at Charlton, he, he was, uh, you know, his anticipation and his pace that just led him to, you know, be in the right area and managed to be putting the ball away. And then, you know, again on Saturday, you know, we win the ball high up the pitch because of the pressing. And I think it might have even been Parrot who won the ball back. Um, and um, and then Kessler Hayden, he's, you know, just without even thinking about it, he pulls and cuts back. He doesn't just cross mindlessly, he cuts back nicely to Twine, who, who finishes well. And I think that just shows a level of maturity because it's very easy to just sort of run to the byline, thrash a ball in. But you can tell that he's actually, you know, he's confident in those areas. And, you know, he's, he's taken on his man. But there was a few times where he did lose the ball and he was sprinting back. And let me tell you, I think he might beat me in a 100 metres race. Um, just only just, but maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think he might have me on that. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really good. It's really good impact that he's made. Um, yeah, in terms of tonight, again, I, I you know as I mentioned, tonight's right up there for me in terms of players of the month. You know, he's played two positions in that time. He's, he's filled in at centre-back when required as well. So, you know, real versatile player. And he's he's basically anything that's been thrown at him, he's dealt with. He, he may have had a few tricky games under, well, I mean, <clears throat> the Bournemouth game wasn't anyone's finest hour. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, he, he may have took his time getting adjusted um, to the system, etc. But, well, you know, well, well done to tonight. Um, in the you know, and I'm not meaning that in a patronising way. I think he's been absolutely fantastic. Um, in terms of whether or not he, him or Harvey's going to start, I, I I genuinely think that Manning's going to you know say, well, you guys have got us into this position, so you guys can continue. I think if anything, it's you know it's Harvey's job to kind of get back in because I think as well, what one thing that helps tonight's case. Um, or Kessler Hayden's case potentially is um, is the fact that that you know we haven't had a midweek game, so they're both you know had a, a week's rest. Um, the only thing I could potentially say is maybe just a game of this magnitude, maybe you know rather than Kessler Hayden, you'd rather have Harvey's experience and Kessler Hayden as an option to bring off the bench potentially. Who knows? Um, so yeah, I I, I, I can sit. Yeah, I, I do think he's probably going to keep it the same but I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Harvey maybe comes in for Kessler yeah I mean you answered my next question I mean it's very tough he's just out between Harvey and I think I think tonight Watson will 100% play no matter whether it's on the right side or the left side 
you know, I think we got the case study at Sunderland that he's going to play in these big games. I think Manning just likes his discipline and structure, which we outlined earlier on. And then after that, it's a very, it's a very head or heart moment. I think my head would say, keep it the same. But I think you got, oh, Daniel Harvey is a, is a really, really valuable player in these type of games. It's just in terms of, I think his, well, we, we all know his passion and his, I think his just general driving, to be honest, as a player to do well. But it's, it's very hard to argue against the two clean sheets that the two lads at wing-back have produced so far in the past couple of games against you know, two very attacking teams, the two very good teams at that, and Charlton and Bolton, despite where they are in the league table. So, yeah, I, I think... It's basically, sits... who do you want Ogbené to be running at? <laughs> to know Watson <laughs> or Dan Harvey? <laughs> well, yeah, I, 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 think, I think he sticks with the same pairing of um, Kane Kessler and uh, Tanai. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, Ross. Uh, I don't see him changing the winning formula. I really don't. Um, obviously, two clean sheets, and uh, they're not against two bad, bad of teams. Uh, obviously, Charlton and Bolton. And as Joe mentioned earlier, that Bolton side they're, they're scoring goals for fun. And uh, yes, you you could argue that obviously um, Kesler Hayden he's probably not the best defensively, but again, if he's keeping clean, if they they're all keeping clean sheets against Bolton. I do, I do believe that um, he'll stick with it, and uh, yeah, personally, I, I would stick with it. Um, why change something? Obviously, um, for the sake of it. Yes, we know what Dan Harvey carries um, within this team, but there's a time and place for that. And uh, is it really? We're obviously two games out. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying that he won't be match sharp, because um, obviously, I, I can imagine him, him being in training, obviously constantly, and that. But I just feel with Kesler Hayden and uh, tonight, they'll be constantly on it from the get-go again on Saturday. Yeah, I, I do find it hard to disagree on that point. Uh, first great final point to run off on was really good to see David Casimir start another game um, or just start the next game since his injury at Accrington. Of course, he was 76 minutes against Bolton, the 2-0 win. And I think, you know, we mentioned about the energy previously. I don't think David Casimir is just a ball of energy and he's running about all over the place and it's 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 yeah it's just really nice to see of course we all we all like to see the academy lads do well but i think particularly with cards you know we all know his struggles he's had of injuries and things like that and we also know also all know the talent that he's got as a player um so yeah it's great to see him back on the pitch and contributing to winning performance and i'm sure all three of us agree on that point okay that that rounds off our bolton review quite nicely we will take a short little break before we welcome on New York Talk onto the MK1 podcast to chat about everything Rotherham United ahead of the top of the table clash in Rotherham on Saturday. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Welcome back to today's opposition overview. And with Rotherham cut up on Saturday, of course, we had to get a Rotherham expert onto the podcast. And we are delighted to welcome back Matt from New York Talk onto the MQM podcast. So, Matt, how are you doing, first of all? I'm really good, mate. Thank you. Are you? Yeah, yeah, very good. Very good. So, just finished just finished our section of the podcast with the other gents mm-hmm. on the call. So, yeah, I said to you, I'm in full podcasting mode, looking forward to <laughs> getting a bit more of a deep dive into uh, Rotherham United in general, because uh, mm-hmm. it's been a fairly 
well, I mean, say said fairly, it's been an excellent season for Rotherham so far and Paul Wall himself. Obviously, it's been, I'm sure it's been a joy to watch. Yeah, it has. Uh, it's been, uh, it's one of those seasons where you normally say, oh, it's been a roller coaster and this and that other. It's not really been a roller coaster. We've had four or five bad moments. And other than that, everything's been really good, which over the course of a season, that doesn't normally happen to football clubs, does it? You know what it is, you know, it's normally the roller coaster of football, but we've just been brilliant. Other than still those four or five occasions, we have just been brilliant to watch, fun to watch. Uh, and winning, even when we haven't been fun to watch, we've been winning games. Um, it's we've got to enjoy it. It's one of those times with football when you get seasons like this, you've got to try and enjoy it. And it looks like it's going the way we want it to. Um, trying not to get ahead of myself. It's very easy to get ahead of yourself with that position. Um, but it is exciting and amazing to watch at a minute. Yeah, I mean, looking at, I don't know how much of a data man you are, but I know we are on the podcast very much so. And I think Rotherham, uh, I think second highest open play XG4, uh, highest in set piece XG, uh, second lowest in XG against. So, and, and of course, the, the massive press side also, Rotherham, you know, I'm sure you know that from watching them. So, it's a it's a team who, to be honest, worry me a lot because it they seem to not have too many weaknesses. And I feel and you mentioned about you know winning when you're playing bad. I think this Don Sard has only just got accustomed to that recently, past six mm. weeks or so. Um, and you've been doing it all season. So, you know, I think that's mm. just credit to Paul Warren in general, but yeah, uh, you know, the team, the team that is crafted together, really. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it, Paul won his team, Richie Barker and uh, Matt, I'm sure the coach is behind him. Uh, Rob Scott's the recruitment guy and they deserve all the credit in the world because we've not signed these players. All the players we've signed weren't really hot properties. They were sort of wheeling and dealing. Michael Smith being the, the sort of headline guy, picked up from Borough Reserves in 2018 and now he's going to be in the championship next year, whether it's with us or somebody else, he's going to be in the championship. Um yeah, but every one of these players, there's not really a player we can think, oh, he's not had a very good season this year. Everybody who's played has had a good season. Um, our top sign, we spent 250k, 300k on a Dauphin from Hamilton last season. He made his first start on Tuesday because he just can't get in team. Uh, and that's the strength of our team, that our better signings haven't been able to get in the team. And it's not because they are bad because he came and did all right. They just can't get in because the team's been so good this season. Yeah, and it's been the same version. You know, we, we spent a fair bit of money on Matt Smith, and he hasn't. If he started mm. one game against Fleetwood, and unfortunately, mm. he made a pretty you know, big mistake that cost us a goal, and ultimately, ultimately the three points. And now he's been dropped to the bench again. Um, okay. So yeah, it's we we share a lot of similarities. Um, mm. We're winning ugly, you know. Very, our depth for squad is very very good, mm. but I think also for Rotherham, your your spine is probably the best in the league. You mentioned, mm. you mentioned Smith. You know, a, you know, Balazair, who didn't play at midweek against Shrewsbury, but he's been instrumental to the, the form. And I, I think, obviously, Josh Vickers also recently in goal. It's, yeah. He's been getting a lot of plaudits recently. It's I th- Do you think that's one of the keys to any promotion side read? The, the, the core spine sort of staying together, staying fit, but ultimately having that chemistry on the pitch? Yeah, 100%. And I think the good thing for us, we've got a bit of, a bit of variety in there. Josh Vickers, who should win Player of the Month in the FL for February because... He conceded one goal and made, it feels like a thousand saves. He was, he was really busy. Um, Richard Woods is the sort of the base of that spine. For the most part, he, he pops in and out because of fitness-wise, because he's uh, 37, something like that. But there's not there's, one, there's not many more experienced center, central defenders in the league than Richard Wood. And he knows it, knows they've been there, done it, won it all, and he's going to try and win it again. 
Dan Barlas and Miss Tuesday because uh, apparently it was it was the birth of his child. Oh, congratulations, Tuesday. congratulations! So, great news for him uh, and, his, and his missus. Uh, he should be back for Saturday because, like I say, he is very very important. I think a lot of teams recently have sort of picked up on him a little bit more. They've sort of tried to isolate him more, much more, and that's caught, that part that's caused a little bit of a downturn in performances. Not results particularly, but a little bit of downturn in performances maybe. Um, so if you can isolate him a little bit, but we've got other players who, who can pick it up. And that's what I mentioned. Michael Smith is one of the best target men in the EFL, plus yeah. everything else he can do. Yeah, it is certainly a very, very impressive starting eleven. Who you know, uh, I see from any, any any stat you look at, really, it's uh, you sort of you sort of gasp about how good they've been. <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure I'm saying that you haven't lost at home since is it September? Yeah, we lost four two to Fleetwood. Fleetwood have done the double honors this season, which is crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, that, the, we, we, when well, the four-two defeat, Callum Morton, who was left then, left Leeward since then, tore us apart, um, and it was a real worrying moment because in September, having just got relegated, sort of thinking, well, if Fleetwood are battering us, we've got a quite, we've got, we've got serious problems here. Yeah, but we, we didn't, we didn't lose for twenty-two games after that. Uh, it was, it was a massive turning point. So early in the season, but it was a massive turning point. And this happened with Paul Warren's teams. If we have, if we have a bad performance, when we do have bad performances in us. The next so many games are brilliant, um, and it just got to accept it. Well, I'll take one bad game in twenty-two brilliant ones. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, I, I, so would I. So would I. Yeah, I think I think us most teams have like a little a little bogey things. I us Doncaster this season. We lost Doncaster home and away yeah. this year. I don't understand it, but hey, there we go. I mean, that's clearly it's really a trigger for both of us. Obviously, so. Obviously, the big game on Saturday for both teams, really. You know, mm. if Rotherham win, you, you, it's, I think it's fair to say that you're, you're going to be promoted if you get three points on Saturday. I think you, the gap will be so big. And of course, we're the main contenders to spoil the mm. party, I'd like to think. So you having that having that three points is quite valuable. And of course, we've still got to play Wigan also, who we think in the same mm. thing. Mm. What are you ultimately expecting from this MK Don side on Saturday in terms of what you know? Uh the you, you know, me and Kidon's the type of team that really suits us. You try to play football. Um, you're an attractive a team who play attractive football and try to play football in what is considered for most of the right way. That's perfect for us. Um, we've got Michael Smith who will run the defenders down, but as we did at your place earlier on the season, just sort of suffocate you a little bit and just don't let you play that type of football. What I would say to that is we were on Tuesday night against Shrewsbury. How we got out with the point, I will never know. Because they in the second half, they battered us. And it was Shrewsbury, not, not MK Dons. Um, so that's, it's sort of two sides to it. If we play to our ability, MK Dons suits us down to the ground because of your style. If the last the second half on Tuesday turn up, you could tear us apart. Because Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury could have had three or four. And I know that MK Dons don't have any problem putting Boyan back at net. So there is that there is definitely a worry and a concern that the, that, that how that performance was. But as I mentioned, just mentioned a minute ago with a Fleetwood game early in the season being a poor poor result, I'm sort of hoping that poor performance is a little bit of a turning point for the rest of the season. It's a kick up backside, and we can try and start again, even if we didn't lose. <laughs> yeah, I will say with Don's side, I think yes, we do play attractive football, but a bit like with um, the past six weeks, a bit of a change is that we have. We do know how to win ugly now. We do know how to, know how to adapt yeah. our style. I don't think it's all playing pretty now. And I think you're making it sound like Jamie coming. I think, you know, he's he's not exactly Andrew Fisher in terms of his goal distribution. So it's, <laughs> um yeah, it, I think we're in a change of style at the moment. And I think it's, mm. I think that's why we're winning so many games. But yeah, it's, it's going to be a very interesting game on Saturday. 
how how do you see it going overall from your perspective? Are you confident heading into the game? Yeah, I'm confident that we'll, we'll turn it around from, from Tuesday. Um, Barca missed it, so he should be back. Paul mentioned there was an illness in the camp, uh, okay. although there were many changes. I don't know if he was sort of overplaying a little bit because of how we played. Um, yeah, they've got to back us with, with this season. If there's been one bad performance, the next so many have been brilliant, so you can't not back us from our point of view. But... Like I said, this is we're not playing Trues, we're playing MK Dons. This is one of the four, other than only the form team in the division. Um, it's a it's a blockbuster game for League One. It's a properly blockbuster game. And like I said, if we beat you, I think we're up. But for me, it's a must not lose. If we draw and just keep it ten points, we won't have ten games left. That still puts us in a brilliant position. So for us, it's a must, don't lose. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. No, I've got one one personally. I think it's. Yeah. I think if you offered Liam Manning a point heading into this game, I think he'd snap your arm off. Yeah. I think it, you know, as you said, it ultimately it secures both teams' positions of where they are. Um, yeah. You know, and we've, we've still got a chance also to promotion via Wigan. You know, if they slip up and we beat them um, in a couple of weeks' time, you know, we've got a real chance. But for right now, it's you know, Pompey did us a massive favour beating Oxford the other day because that helps us out quite a fair bit. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think a point's a decent result, but yeah, I'm looking forward to heading it to Rotherham on Saturday. I say it's, it's a it's a fairly short trip for me. It's not too far, like a couple of hours on the train. Um, but yeah, so it should be a good game. Hopefully, a great mm-hmm. advert for League One. Uh, obviously, you'll be a Championship team next season more than likely. So, <laughs> if you grab for a Championship also, um, and yeah, but Matt, thank you very much for coming onto the podcast and make sure everyone check out New York Talk on their socials. We'll be tagging them on this post, so please check them out. Bro, cheers, mate. Thank you. No worries. Thanks once again to the New York Talk for coming on to the podcast, Check everything about Rotherham United. Right, gents, obviously a lot of chat about myself and the guests from New York Talk. Let's get your thoughts on Rotherham first of all. How do you think the big game on Saturday's going to go, Joe? Obviously a very good team, aren't they? I mean, yeah, should we just end the podcast there? Rotherham yeah, yeah, good. sounds good. <laughs> just, yeah, um, yeah, they, they're, yeah, like we say, that they are a very good team. Um, they've got a bit of everything. I think they're well balanced, and um, we're gonna have to be at our best. Um, I was having a little look actually, because you know, obviously they beat us three 0 at our place last time, and um, it, I mean, from memory, it wasn't actually as one sided as I thought it was. We both had eleven shots, um, and you know, just thinking back, their first goal was a set was a set piece, and I'm pretty sure it may have been offside as well, just from memory. Um, and then the other one was a corner to go 2-0 up, direct from a corner, um, which was great. And um, and then the third goal, you know, we were chasing the game and we were 2-0 down. So actually, you know, uh, yeah, 3-0, uh, you know, at home is not great by any means, but it wasn't a 3-0 game in my opinion, I, although they are very good. Um, so I think, you know, if we just cut out the errors, because that's a face that they were errors, and, you know, another thing to add as well is I think we're a lot more solid um, now where, uh, from when we last went up there, uh, when we last played them. And just looking at two players' uh, impacts in, in that run, uh, Jamie Cummings, since he's come in, he's played 10 games, 13 goals scored from Don's, uh, just the five conceded. Um, and and in, in Common Coventry's nine games, we've only conceded four goals in that time. Um, so... You know, I think those two have both played a part in making us more solid. Coventry more solid in the midfield. He's very combative, combative, but he can also go forward as well, which is, you know, is similar to, you know, the likes of Wiles and Rathbone um, in the Rotherham midfield. 
So I think, you know, you look back at our midfield that day, it was O'Reilly and Kasumu uh, with Boateng in the number 10 role. So I think, you know, you can see that maybe that wasn't the most, you know, defence-minded midfield. Whereas, you know, I'd say we maybe can have Coventry, Kasumu, and then you've got, you know, this time we've got the, the, the wingers out wide, you know, in, in Parrot and Twine. But I think that will be work really well because we know how much of a threat Rob Ramal with their wing backs. So, you know, I think our lineup's a lot more balanced, and um, you know, I think we're going to be able to match up to Rotherham a little bit better this time. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm not confident because I'd be stupid saying I was confident going up to Rotherham away, the best team. Do you know, Rotherham have actually got the highest points per game. They've got higher points per game than Fulham and Forest Green, who are miles ahead in their leagues. You know, Rotherham's points per game, the rate at which they're getting points is better. Um, their defence is ridiculous. They've conceded, I think it's six goals away from home all season. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I'd, I'd take a draw right now and snap your hand off. But, you know, let's let's see what uh, Saturday brings. Yeah, and I think it's a point we made um, on the previous segment is that, you know, both teams' spines are very, very good now. I think that's what's contributed so you know, so much how well they are and where they are in the league. You know, Rotherham's spine has been consistent of the, the keeper Vickers, you know, Balassar, the centre-back, Smith. It's, it's been the same throughout the whole season, no injuries. And that's why they've been running away with the league, as you said, Joe, in terms of points of game perspective, is because that's why. The, 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 no injuries, lack of mistakes. And, I mean, I would say the, the squad's... I think that squad's amazing, but it's good enough. It's good enough as a team to get in the points they have got. So and that's what I think that's why they're so high up in the league and why Saturday's is such a challenge. I don't know what your thoughts are on it all, Ross. I only can really echo what Joe's just said in terms of they're going to be hard to break down um, and they're going to be very physical. And um, players like if Kasumi does start, I do feel like um, they would suit this sort of game due to obviously getting stuck in and. Um, now on for feel, yellow. Well, yes, certainly. Um, but I just, I just feel like we can't just let them um, play their own stuff. We've got to get stuck in and make sure from the first minute that they know that we're here. And um, yes, obviously, as fans, we all want the three points um, or any points at this rate um, against an informed Rotherham side. But what we need to do is make a statement to Rotherham and say, we're not here just, just, just for turning up. We're here to nab some points. And um, I think a key part of that is stopping Michael Smith. Um, obviously, one of the most prol prolific um, goal scorers in League One at the moment. And um, I do feel like he will be key on, um, between him and obviously Harry Darling. Um, that'd be a very key battle on Saturday. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about Saturday, but... Um, Obviously, you've got to put it in perspective and realise that Rotherham are a very dangerous team. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And, you know, I hope, hope everyone's planning to join us at Rotherham. Um, I believe those extra allocation tickets went live earlier this afternoon. So we're recording this on Wednesday evening. So, yeah, make sure you grab your tickets for that. It should be a good little trip. I know all three of us are heading up to Rotherham uh, on the day. So it'll be a good one. And hopefully we, we come away with all three points, no matter how big the task it is. Quick question, boys. How many goals do you reckon Rotherham have conceded conceded in their last ten games? Oh, I think. Oh, I think, I think it's like is, is it two? two. Yeah. 
one. They've oh. conceded one goal in their last 10 games. <laughs> well, that, that, that's it all really, doesn't it? <laughs> Says it all. Uh, yeah, so it's very interesting. Every, it's weird because I think, think we've played previously like this. I think we mentioned Blackburn and they had that dominant league one season previously. And I think Wigan, when they had like Will Wigan up front and things like that, we've gone to these grounds and got absolutely battered every single time. So now we're actually a pretty good team. It'd be interesting to see how we actually uh, adapt and go on with the situation and see how we play. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting, you know, more than likely a team in the championship next season. Have we going to see how they play against us? Or it's, if it's a good little test for sure. But of course, after that, we've got Cheltenham at home on Tuesday evening. It's ADNK, our, our last big week of the season uh, on the schedule anyway. It's uh Cheltenham mid-table, not really playing for too much, to be honest. Their away form is pretty abysmal. They only won two away games all season. They have drew eight, to be fair, but they're not they're not a team that, you know, they're not knocking doors down. Yeah, I think, Ross, you mentioned pre-recording about Michael Duff's interview at Ipswich when he was bragging about a nil-nil Ipswich, which, uh, you know, it's the, their, their fans seem to love. Um, so, yeah, that, that kind of gives you sort of an insight into how the game might go. They might try and park the bus a bit uh, and see if they can get anything from the game. Uh, and as I said, they're not they're not fine relegation. They're not going for promotion, so it's a bit of a bit of a well, nothing game for them really. From most senses, I don't know what you only thoughts ahead of the game on Tuesday, Ross. Obviously, you've got a Saturday in mind yet, but even still, um, I think obviously, no matter what the result on Saturday, you, you obviously would expect us to obviously pick up the three points on on Tuesday, but it's a case of not being complacent against a team who, as you say, yes, they're probably not going for playoffs and they're, they're probably not going down. Um, but it's just being ready for the, for what they bring. And um, we saw at Accrington, um, teams and Burton, teams who sit deep. Um, it's a case of obviously getting that first goal and then uh, letting them come against us uh, or try and press us and the spaces will be there. So it'll be a case of um, getting that first goal and moving from there, really. Yeah, I completely agree. And again, it be the case like Bolton just starting fast because you know if we think the teams in the past have tried to sit back and you know annoy us basically, some teams done it well, other teams haven't, and that when they haven't, it's usually because we've scored a goal really early and you know, basically dominated them all over the pitch. So yeah, I think it'd be the case of getting two free goals you know, as soon as possible, really, uh, in an ideal world anyway. And uh, yeah, killing the game off fairly quickly. I don't know if you agree with that, Joe, or you got any other thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, you know, Cheltenham, they're not exactly ripping any trees up, but their underlying numbers are quite good. And also, you know, we meant, you know, we say how they're mid-table. In the last 12 matches, they are pretty much mid-table. But in that time, you know, in the last 12 games, they've only lost three of them. Um, and if you take away the five-all absolutely mental game that they had against Wickham in that time, so 11 games, they've scored 10 um, but they've only conceded 11. So, you know, it just goes to show that the, a lot of their games are tight affairs. Um, in that 12, in those 12 games, they've just won two out of the last 12 games, but they've drawn seven. So, you know, it's almost like Brighton in the Premier League. They're not, they're not necessarily uh, beating teams, but they're in a lot of very close games and they're not losing many at all. So, you know, a team to be wary of, a team that, you know, they're going to come and they're probably going to frustrate us and they're probably going to sit in deep. But, you know, we, there's been a couple of times a season where we have succumbed to that and 
fallen victim, you know, Accrington away, Gillingham at home, Doncaster at home. However, you know, I think, you know, even, even the Doncaster at home game, we did have over 20 shots. You know, it wasn't as if we were just crap. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, on another day, that Doncaster game, you know, they don't get that counter-attack goal and, and we convert one of the many chances we had in that first half. So, yeah, like you say, I think getting that early goal, making them come out and, and come at us, hopefully. And, um, you know, and then hopefully it's just sort of regulation. You know, I, I do not think it's going to be a three or four, you know, at all. I think it's going to be another close one, two, two nil, hopefully, anyway. Um, but, yeah, you know, Cheltenham are no mugs, but they're not, you know, a prolific, free-flowing free scoring team but it's not going to be pretty either way <laughs> okay so the most important question out of them all tonight how do you see both games going i'll, I'll kick off with my thoughts rotherham away is a tough ask uh, I, I don't often say that but i, I was pretty confident you can go to sunderland but yeah this is this is a really tough one uh i, I think it'll be one one i do think both teams will settle for for a point ultimately um, they won't publicly admit that, but I think if, they, if you offer them a point now, they'd both take it. You know, even Rotherham, their point at Shrewsbury, just gone. They're, they're fairly happy with that. It increases the gap to us, gives them more of a chance at you know going up, which I think you know unless they have a complete collapse, they're going to do. Um, and yeah, I think for them, this is their if it's their big game left. Obviously, they've got a few big games to play, sending them the way Wickham at home, I believe. But this is their big game, really. I think if they can, they'll be, they'll be going for as three points. But I think you know. I think both teams would 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 settle for a point here. It solidifies where they're going to probably finish in the league, and um, yeah, hopefully it'll be a good game. But I do think we'll beat Cheltenham. Um, I think it'll be two 0 win. I think it'll. I think overall it'll be a fairly convincing performance based on what I think how Rotherham will go. Um, and yeah, I, I think four points from this week is a pretty positive outlook on it all. And uh, I'm hoping that we can get at least that, if not more. So. Ross, obviously, I've gone four points. Have you gone for six out of six? Um, obviously, Saturday, it's the, I, I believe we've scored the most goals away from home and we're playing against the team have conceded the least at home. So it's a case of obviously cancelling out one another and I do believe that there'll be one goal in it. Um, I want to say us, but I, I, I get a weird feeling, obviously, against obviously a top of league. And I'm not, I, I won't be disappointed if we do lose 1 0 at the weekend because um, it's a case of playing one of the best teams um, in the league. But yeah, I do believe that there will be um, one goal in it. I'll, I'll, I'll say 1 0 to us, just obviously for the listeners. Um, but I do believe it'll be a Connor Wickham or someone like that who will get the goal. I, I don't, I, I do think it will run late and it will will be a late goal like the 80 minute mark um so yeah a game I'm looking forward to um and then obviously back home on Tuesday night against Cheltenham um a team yeah as I said we should be beating um but again I I, I believe they're going to frustrate the hell out of us and um I think there'll be one goal in it again um against Cheltenham and uh, yeah, obviously I'm I'm a lot more confident on Tuesday than what I am on Saturday. So obviously I'm tipping us to win on Tuesday. So I'm hoping six points, but yeah, I'll definitely I'll definitely take four. Okay, I like it. I like it. I, I say I love love a bit of confidence, optimism for sure. Joe, are you as optimistic as Ross is? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I've got, I'm, I'm, I'm predicting four points. Uh, I'm, I'm like you, going with a one-all. And yeah, it's that is a good result. There's, I think they've won seven out of their last eight at home. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it's, you know, and I, but, you know, like, as I said before, you know, I think matching up to them, I think we can do it. And, you know, they're not invincible. You know, they're, they're, you know, and if we give it a good go, who knows what can happen. We've done, so we've pulled off some great results this season and why not one more? So, yeah, one all um, for that one. Um, and then for Cheltenham, again, yeah, I think I actually um, think one on one nil is bang on. I think it's, like I said, you know, Cheltenham, aren't, they're not going to be battered 5-0. They're, they're not that team that's going to just crumble. And we saw, you know, when we played against them, they scored a bit of a cheap goal, really, from outside the shot, from pot shot from outside the box. And it took time and time and time to wear them down because they are uh, an efficient unit. They added a couple in um, in um, in January. Um, I think Keenan Tete on loan from Spurs, I believe, who was at Northampton. He's just an absolute handful. So, you know, they, they've got a threat as well. Um, but I think, you know, I think we're going to, just edge that one out and you know I'll, like I say I don't care how it happens if we edge it out 1-0 I'll take that so yeah four points in in four days yes please yeah just a very optimistic start to end, end the episode on Rotherham haven't lost at home in the league this season since the 11th of September so that, that's, that's a lovely little stat for you to end the end the episode on and I uh, look forward to Saturday <laughs> Um, but no, no, thank you very much for listening to the latest episode of the MK1 podcast. Uh, as I said, we'll be there on Saturday and Tuesday. If you do see us, say hello. Uh, I think it's about, about 400 of us going so far to Rotherham. So hopefully that number will increase uh, heading into the Saturday. And there's a few on, on the day purchase. I'm pretty sure all ticket isn't a thing on Saturday. So that's good. But yeah, uh, until then, come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. Talk sport. Powered by fans.